So, good morning. Um, I would like to welcome um, one of our hosts um, that will be coming in, uh, Amy Scruggs. So, um, yeah, welcome to the show. Hello. Hi, Amy. Hello. Welcome. Is this Karen Black I've got here? Yes, it is. It's so great. And we're going to have Kelly Robinson joining us as well. Do we have her on yet? Um, at the moment, it's not showing. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, well, not... we look forward to her joining us and she can just push that call in button. Oh, she's just joining now, I believe. And we are going to be able to talk to her. Welcome everybody who's taking a listen. You have got Amy Scruggs Media here with the amazing Karen Black with Talent Finders. And joining us here any moment is also going to be Powerhouse Real Estate Dynamo in New York City. Incredible woman, entrepreneur, Kelly Robinson with Compass. We are excited to talk to her as well. While we wait for Kelly to join us, Karen, I just want to get started with you and tell us how you are today and where are you in the world? Uh, so I'm actually in the United Kingdom um, at the moment. So yeah. Um, I oh, that's... A few hours ahead of you. <laughs> no, that's wonderful. It's got to be freezing there right now. It's winter. If you're listening yes. later, this was winter when we recorded it. So I know, uh, Karen, you may have frozen yesterday, correct? Uh, yes. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> I'm glad that you've thought out. I think that we just got Kelly in with us as well. Kelly, are you here? Yes, I am. I'm so sorry. Oh, I, I no, had to figure it out. <laughs> That's fine. Kelly, we already did a great introduction on you. I already uh, already shouted and praised all of your glories. So it's exciting to have you on with us now. Kelly, um, this is Amy Scruggs with Amy Scruggs Media, and it's so great to get to talk to you today. Where are you in the world? Thank you. Likewise. Yes, I heard your wonderful introduction. I'm so flattered and honored. Um, I'm actually sitting in Miami, but but running back to New York City for work uh, tonight. So um, just needed to get a little sun. I love it. So and I'm socially distanced. Yes, and I'm here in San Diego. So we've got the UK, we've got the East Coast of the United States, and then I'm here in San Diego representing some great parts of the world and mostly representing great women coming together to talk about what you guys have done, you know, where you're at and where you're going. It's you both have such amazing stories, and this is really a treat for me to get to kind of pull the two of you together and be able to kind of compare and contrast and hopefully empower people who maybe are on the fence about thinking whether they can do it. They absolutely can, and you two are perfect examples. So I'm gonna kick it off first with Karen. Uh, I just want to ask you first, Karen, just what was your early life like? Um, well, I grew up in South Africa, which um, you may or may not know. Um, and um, yeah, just, uh, you know, grew up in a very uh, diverse um, uh, culture, um, you know, in South Africa, and obviously went to school, um, you know, in, in South Africa as well. So, and, uh, you know, uh, 
continued to study uh, at the Waterfront Theatre School after um, I, uh, well, I actually didn't complete school because uh, I really struggled. So I decided to take a different path. Um, and so I ended up going and studying at the Waterfront Theatre School in Cape Town um, and then doing six month makeup artistry uh, uh, also in Cape Town. So, yeah, so that's how the artistic side of what I did um, started. Wow. Well, it's an incredible journey that's led you to having Talent Finders. And for those that don't realize, Talent Finders, is, she's an amazing um, public relations executive, has started her business from the ground up and has represented just incredible people and um, and is continuing to grow in, in her visibility and what she does to help empower other people's business and, and shine a light on others. But today, it's exciting to shine a light on you. Um, what were you doing, though, before you started Talent Finders? Um, so I was working in a production company um, uh, in Johannesburg. Um, so when I left Cape Town, I went back to Johannesburg and I was doing a lot of freelance production work. So more behind the scenes, uh, behind commercials, etc. So, um, but it was very volatile and, you know, like you could have something for, you know, three weeks and then nothing for two months. So, um, but I did learn a lot. Um, and the reason um, that uh, Talent Finders came to mind was actually watching, because back then we still had the Oprah Winfrey show, um, and I was watching uh, one of the shows that she had um, around entrepreneurship. And, um, you know, they'd been talking about different things. And obviously in the U.S., um, people are far more supportive of entrepreneurship than in South Africa. So... Um, I actually went to my dad and I said, you know, because I had been working in the production side of commercials, I was like, you know, there was a lot of um, challenges, like especially when it comes to casting for specific uh, commercials, um, you know, that send the wrong height or the wrong demographic or wrong age group. So I actually came up with an idea and I said, well, what if we pulled um, all talent onto one database? Um, where talent looking for exposure and people looking for talent, whether they're represented by an agent or not, can be um, on one global platform. So that's really wow. how the birth of um, the online presence of talent finders came into being. So, yeah. I don't wow, know that is fantastic. Thing. Yeah. So what was the, the business environment like? So for a startup, you're in South Africa, startups, what was that like in that environment there, different than what we may experience here in the U.S.? Um, yeah, I mean, very challenging because obviously, you know, the U.S. And, and U.K. and all of that is far more advanced in terms of, you know, online payment portals and, you know, all of those things. So I think it was it was pretty tough and getting people to get their minds around a concept or an online concept was a, a challenge. Um, mm -hmm. And also, the thing is, we didn't have the money, as most entrepreneurs don't. <laughs> So right. we had to come up with agreements with um, uh, another group of web designers at the time. And we said, look, if we partner with you, which we all decide you can have a certain amount of equity. And then we will go out and market the website and, and try to get people. So I, it did, it was good, but obviously the market there is, is quite small. And, um, you know, people are just really financially challenged um, because of the economy. So... Um, right. 
No, I mean, definitely not the easiest thing, but obviously bought the domain, talentfinders.com, um, which, you know, cost a lot of money in, in the currency, you know, in South Africa Iran. So, yeah, right. so... Yeah, so the really the shift has been uh, obviously to expand it more international, and and initially the focus was just like actors and models because that was the realm of which I was working. But actually, right. the of this could be huge into anything. So, what was it about you then that you think really helped you with the PR game? You've chosen this path. You've, you're you're starting it. What do you think about you really helped drive that? So the PR on the PR side, um, I actually also had a nonprofit in South Africa, and I um, I at the time was trying to raise money, and there was a South African artist who I connected with who was living in New York at the time, and um, basically what what ended up happening was by default actually. I mean, I never went to college to study journalism or to become a PR person. But I actually think it was the greatest lesson and greatest thing for me because there's a certain, I guess, for me as an, in my own entrepreneurial space, I think there is a certain benefit to having a certain level of naivety because then it kind of makes you take bigger risks. Um, mm-hmm. And I mean, what's the worst that can happen? They can say no. So he actually became a client. Well, yeah, I mean, he was a client of mine for four years. And, um, I mean, I got him into 12 publications in 12 months. I mean, was like literally being on fire. And I'd never done wow. that in a day in my life. So wow. I was just winging it. I don't know how I did it. But I think for me, it's also about, to answer your question, I think it's about the fact that I'm very good at relationship building and maintaining and sustaining relationships. And even when things get tough or challenging, like I'm still there. You know, I'm not going to quit. I'm always looking for mm-hmm. alternatives, and 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 it's not just about that. It's also about expanding and building your network for benefits right. of other things. I mean, you really bootstrapped this in a big way, didn't you? Yeah, and we're still bootstrapping. <laughs> wow, that is so amazing. And I, I mean, your your work speaks for itself now. And I know that other entrepreneurs and people love to be encouraged and hear people's story on how they did it. And you know, they. Everybody has that story of how hard it was at the beginning or obstacles, and you're a perfect example of, of getting through to the other side of that. I want to take it over now to Kelly. Kelly, you are an absolute, well-known, award-winning, top-producing phenomenon in your real estate business, and you are such an inspiration probably to a lot of other women that are think, that think, wow, how did she do that, and can I do it too? But I want to start with what was your early life like? Let's go backwards a little bit. <laughs> wow. Well, thank you. First of all, I just want to thank you again for having me, and it's so nice to be um, alongside and interviewed by such entrepreneurial and powerful, successful women. Um, <clears throat> I have a lot of respect for both of you, and so it's just an honor to be here. Um, my early life, I was born in New York City. Um, grew up in Connecticut. Um, I was an actress and a model my whole life growing up and then went to conservatory program for college uh, called Mason Grove School of the Arts, then went and studied at the Globe in London and acted there for a while. Um, and then after college, I moved to New York, moved back to New York City um, and I decided that I wanted to take a break from the acting lifestyle. I was actually doing pretty well, but I wanted to try some other things because it's what mm-hmm. I had done my entire life. 
So I actually went to take some public relations classes at NYU, which is funny. Um, I didn't finish them. I, I finished the course, but I didn't go, go to get my degree. Um, did a little bit of PR and then fell into real estate. Um, I had a post-dated contract with a manager for acting um, and I just, I never went back. I fell into real estate and I never went back. And I started working on other people, other top producers teams to kind of learn the ropes because my first year in real estate, I think I made like $20,000 and was like asking my I heard parents that's yes. for help. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, it, it wasn't a successful beginning and I was like, okay, what do I need to do to learn the ropes quickly and get my foot in the door for sales? Because in Manhattan, it's really hard to get your foot in the door for sales. And if you just start off doing rentals and do rentals, you're just in the rat race and it's, you know, right. it's, paycheck to paycheck type of living. Um, so I started working on other top producers teams for the first four years of my career. Um, the fifth year of my career, I worked on my own and I was like, I, I never am going to have a team because I can't stand the way that I was treated. But then I had so many <laughs> listings that I had to start having a team. And so it just kind of grew organically. And I've always um, promised myself that I would never treat anybody the way that I was treated. And I've, I think I've done pretty well at holding up that standard. And um, I've had my own team since 2011. And um, it's been great. It's been it's been a fun ride. It's been you know you've got your ups and downs in real estate. It's you kind of have your love hate relationship with it sometimes, but it's sure. been a blessing to me. And um, I've really met a lot of wonderful people, and um, especially Karen. Karen and I connected last year via social media, and uh, we became fast friends. And she's gotten me uh, some incredible public relations. So I'm really grateful for that. I've seen the features she's gotten for you and they're outstanding. And, you know, oh, Kelly, I, in my profession, I work with a lot of really amazing top producing real estate agents like yourself. And I know the highly competitive market that you're in and the region that you're in. I know what it takes to push through, you know, the story of saying I made 20,000 the first year. And, and the fact that you push through they're, they're the ones that are at the top are the ones that said, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep reevaluating. You know, even when you said to have a team or not have a team, those are important decisions that you have to make in the business. And sometimes you're having to look, where do I need to be a year from now? And what decisions am I making today? So I can reach that versus just looking at where you're at today and what you need to do. And I can see that with your business, you really, you know, kind of took a huge long-term approach and it's, and it's paid off and it's very impressive how the, how you've done that and switching Thank from, you. you know, acting and, and modeling. I mean, if anybody, do you guys need to Google her, look up Kelly Robinson. She's absolutely stunning, gorgeous. <laughs> but, <laughs> Thank you. But what I love about that is you took it and you put it into your real estate business, but you are so well respected. Um, I mean, you're a boss. And so Thank to you. go from being, you can be a beautiful woman and you can still be respected and you can still be taken seriously in your business. And I'm so proud of you for accomplishing that. Thank you. 100%. And I think that, um, you know, I think all women, especially in the real estate industry, much like many other industries, you know, fall victim to the, you know, um, the, you know, the most recent Me Too movement. And um, you really have to stand up for yourself and speak out and be 100% confident in yourself and your abilities when people are looking at you like just just another pretty face. So um, that's something right. that I've struggled with. And I know a lot of my colleagues in the industry have struggled with who are women and men. Um, yes. And, um, you know, you have to be able to overcome that and still keep your head up high and maintain your integrity and your ethics. 
Absolutely. It's it's the number one thing. I think we could do a whole seminar teaching young women on how to kind of be prepared and enter into these worlds. You know, it's a big deal. Uh, Karen, over on your side with Talent Finders, um, what was it that, what was, is there one thing that caused you to say, I'm going to make Talent Finders? This is, this was the moment. Um, yeah, I mean, I think for me, uh, it was when I was uh, freelancing for a specific production company um, in Johannesburg, um, Velocity Films, and I um, I had noticed um, a big frustration when it came to the casting process um, for, uh, you know, casting for commercials. So whether it was dealing with um, directors or casting directors, and very often, as you know, maybe you don't, but, you know, what's only in South Africa is how it works, where you obviously have the casting directors who then put out a brief for all the agents, and then the agents obviously go through their books. But I think what was happening was that there was a lot of lazy agents that were just sending it out to all of their people, and then people would be rocking up at auditions, and they would be like completely the wrong height or the wrong hair color or whatever. And I saw that within my, you know, because I was actually receptioning. So it's like, you know, you, ha you have to start at the bottom, like in most cases when you're working for a company or start at a very entry-level position. So mm -hmm. I was actually um, doing reception work, you know, and then I went on to help, um, you know, in terms of becoming a runner or assistant to, you know, um, one of the producers um, and so on. So that's kind of how um, it worked for me. And then I just saw, like, the frustration and the waste of time. Um, and, you know, especially in production, time is money. So, you know, mm -hmm. when people are getting the wrong, you know, people coming in for casting. So I think it was a combination, like you say, going back to, uh, you know, watching, you know, the Oprah show and, and looking and seeing, you know, and thinking, wow, like, you know, so many. And I think for South Africans, you know, not not to say that it's anyway different, but I'm speaking personally from my experience, is that um, many South Africans and many people look up to people in the U.S., you know. So I think when you see these, stories and no one says that there isn't heartache and, and you know, blood, sweat and tears that goes into a process of being an entrepreneur because anybody that believes that it's a walk in the park is a slightly delusional. <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, you know, but I think it's just because, um, you know, when, when, when you see what is possible, um, and I think that that's also one of the things is that even though I was born in South Africa, you know, and, you know, I, I also struggled at school, you know, went to uh, remedial school. Um, so I was never really academic or anything like that. But I think the driving factor for me is that I'm, I'm very ambitious. I have a big vision uh, for mm -hmm. what I want to do and for how I want to impact more than just an industry, um, but also impact other female entrepreneurs. So to answer your question, I think it was, the time during which I, um, uh, you know, which I worked for a production company, which is kind of where I thought, oh, there's, there's a problem and this is what we could what we could do to solve it and it's create one central talent uh, online community mm -hmm. um, and build it from there. So obviously initially, like I said, it started with the model and acting side. And then I was like, well, it could be, you know, DOPs, directors of photography, it could be producers, you know, there's so many different talents within the, the, 
to create in space, why should we limit it to just active and model? So, right. yeah. Right. And, and, you know, to, to, to your credit, when you say you want to impact lives, what you're doing is impacting many lives because you're sharing the message from the heart, the passion and the work from everybody you represent. And like you said, in all businesses, not just a, a certain set of, set of industries. And so the ripple effect on that is just unbelievable as you're getting the story out of people that have a message that can empower, inspire and help motivate others. And it's worldwide. And so it's amazing when you see your fingerprints on the work that you've done, who else supported talent finders? Um, so, I mean, at the time, uh, it was actually what was amazing to me when, when I started talent finders and I started approaching agents was um, at the time store model management, which was obviously UK model agency um, was registered and, and run by South Africans, um, you know, in, in South Africa. And I actually called up the, the owner of it at the time and I said, look, you know, I've got this website, you know, would you guys be interested? And what was interesting to me was at the time they didn't have anything that was digital. It was all Z cards printed out, which is completely ridiculous because, you know, people change their hair color you know, everything, you know, to, you know, it, a year from now you could be, you know, had a, a baby and your body shape's changed or whatever, you know. So um, my whole my whole thing was, and, and I really nearly fell off the chair because when she agreed, I was like, okay, well, we'll put, you know, if you could pay for your Joburg people to be on Talent Finders, we'll lift, you know, your, your Cape Town people on for free. And they actually agreed. But then that wasn't just the, the start of it. It was that I had to literally go in, scan every single um, model's, um, you know, books or dead cards or images that were in, because they had flip files with all the images that had been taken, and literally add every single one of them, like, manually into the system. So that was, like, my first real experience of, you know, a really big model agency at the time um, that agreed uh, for me to do that. So, you know, I had support from that, but really it was it's just been my dad and I initially. I mean, subsequently, obviously, uh, Kelly's on board and, you know, uh, partners in, in the business as well as a, a couple of other people that are involved, um, but more some just from an advisory perspective. But, I mean, the biggest, I would say the biggest challenge for us, and I mean, I think Kelly can speak for herself, but in the same instance is that, you know, to find funding and to access funding, I mean, less than 5% of female founders globally are funded, which is ludicrous. And, right. um, you know, it's a multi-billion dollar industry. And, I mean, you know, just, just to case in point, um, I decided in 2016 um, or late 2016 that I'd had enough of living in South Africa, I, I really always felt like a global citizen rather than, you know, specific to one country. And I actually um, did an agreement and, and, and left South Africa and did some publicity um, in trade exchange. And in 2017, I actually went to Silicon Valley. It was a dream of mine. I thought, wow, like I'm going to go there, you know, see how everything is. And I'm not delusional. I mean, it's a tough, it's really competitive when you're looking for funding. I, I went to meetups 
you know, spent a fortune on Ubers and, you know, when you're living on a wing and a prayer. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's, uh, it's definitely not the easiest. And, uh, you know, you know, had some sexual harassment along the way and, you know, some patronizing males, you know, in the room. Mm-hmm. You know, saying, you know, sort of pat you on the head like a dog and saying, you know, why don't you just stick to PR? And, you know, I'm like, not quite, but, you know, never rude, just exit the room. But, um, yeah, I just, I think that that's my biggest um, thing is that um, my passion, obviously, for talent um, and for, for wanting people to be able, not only uh, well-known talent, but up-and-coming and talent can actually utilize the platform whether they're represented by agents or not and also for mm-hmm. those agents who are looking for talent to be able to use the platform to sign new talent so there's no sure. real downside to the platform and i think that um yeah i think that for me there's just a bigger vision um, it's not just about funding or about you know the talent itself it's, it's about a bigger story and everybody right. has something to give and something to, to bring to the table. So, yeah. What has changed since you first built the Talent Finder website? Well, I mean, obviously, uh, registered, um, you know, we, we redeveloped the site, number one, um, because, you know, in South Africa, we had a lot of issues because there weren't any, like PayPal wasn't in existence probably until five years ago. Um, right. and things like that so it was really difficult and if you wanted to do that you would have to build your own and would cost exceedingly ridiculous amounts of money to be able to build those things so when we rebuilt the website luckily at that time you know paypal had just come into the country so we were able to implement that so there were a lot of like technical challenges um, and it, it's not cheap to build because people think oh it's a website but you know when you're building a database based website it's a lot of coding it's you know it's a lot of these things so um i mean obviously when you say a lot of changes i mean obviously you know we we, we need to obviously create and, and upgrade the, the website and you know make a, a few changes but um yeah i mean as as an industry i think especially now in COVID 19 I think now is a perfect opportunity because 2021 is coming. And I think that, you know, I'm not saying that it's going to be perfect, but a lot of people have been without work um, this year. So I think the Talent Finders as a platform would be ideal for people to start promoting their talent right. and trying to get back into some, you know, some kind of self-marketing for 2021. And Absolutely. Talent Finders would be, would be that platform. Absolutely. Yeah, it's fantastic what you build and you're right. It's going to be a perfect platform as people are maybe relaunching their talents, you know, restarting, wanting to get that visibility back out there for 2021 to recoup or, you know, capitalize on what they built during 2020. There's a lot of great opportunities for them in that space. Kelly, yeah. um, I love that Karen yeah. touched on the fact talking about uh, investment and and for women and financing and getting startup money and angel and you know venture capital what uh, what's been revealed to you what new things are revealed to you in that topic well it's interesting you bring it up um i did i during the pandemic i was not allowed to show properties legally so i had a little bit of extra time i was still full-on doing real estate but just not physically showing and um i decided to you know 
go forward with an idea for a startup that I have had for quite some time and have formed a corporation and a great team. And, um, and luckily just given my real estate contacts and, and contacts in general, I've got a lot of angel investors who I know who have been gracious enough to send me their pitch decks and their business plans that they've gotten from other people to go off of. And so I've been working on a startup, which I can't talk about quite yet because we're, we're not quite launched yet. We will be in the next probably 60 days. But um, I've really gone after, you know, um, angel investors who are focused on women-owned businesses and um, businesses that have a lot of diversity on their teams, which is, you know, two of the things that are um, that my startup has. So, um, you know, I'm looking for those those types of investors who really want to invest in women and diverse teams um, as far as my startup is concerned, as well as people who have been interested in the types of startup that I am um, building. I think it's fantastic. And I love that you can't tell us what it is yet because that's a great segue <laughs> to say we're going to talk, we're going to talk again in 60 days. It's like, yeah, you put that teaser out there because now you've piqued the curiosity and I think it's fantastic. <laughs> and you, you've hit it head on. This is such an important topic. And, you know, women, we, we have to work three times as hard as everybody else. And I know it sounds yeah. cliche, but it is the truth. And all three of us here, we, we're all entrepreneurs. So we're speaking the same language. Um, what is your perspective then on female founders and being taken seriously and what kind of that ratio has been that you've seen by investors? What has been your experience? And when you talk to other female entrepreneurs, what are you hearing back in that? Because sometimes we think it's just, I think it's just me. I'm like, is it just me? <laughs> so please it's tell me, not. tell me your insight. <laughs> it's, it's not just you, you know, I do, I am lucky to have quite a few friends who are males who are angel investors and VCs, and they've given me a lot of great advice and they've been interested in my, in my business. But on the other hand, I've had a lot of, um, of um, uh, you know men that I've given a little info about my business to who've been who know people within the industry that I'm starting up in, and they've introduced me to these men, and these men are you know have tried to kind of bulldoze me into learning about my business without signing an NDA, and you know I've just had to write them off unfortunately, even though they'd probably be great people to be either on my board or or involved in my business. Um, whereas the women that I've spoken to have been much more willing to go forward, signing NDAs, really interested, and are mm -hmm. just kind of on the same page that the three of us are on, where they really want to see women to, to succeed and go forward in this world right. as business owners. Right. Uh, it, and, and we need more women like you that are forging through and finding the other people that are saying, hey, we're back in this, because I think that could maybe snowball and start to get the attention and the visibility to others that are maybe on the fence or not even realizing that they're, they're being biased about this. And so the yeah. more we can talk about it, the more we create these conversations, um, maybe we can start to make some change so that other other women have opportunities to find that kind of investment for for quality businesses that are being put together that just is so tragic when they can't find the funding and so yeah um, and it, it's not even i mean it it does have a lot to do with that but it's not it's not even just that it's um you know a lot of these men that i've spoken to they're trying to convince me that they don't need to sign my nda like i'm stupid and i don't know what i'm doing um you know as a woman, like, oh, she must not know what she's doing. So I'm just going to get around this one very important thing that I that I know I'm supposed to do if I want to talk about this business or be involved. Right. Wow. But uh, also, but, but also, they need to, to 
pick up that point is that um, you know, and I and I've had this conversation as well, um, you know, several times with uh, numerous people, including Kelly. And I think one of the the, the biggest things is that um, you know, women um, who are you know, who, you know, especially when you're dealing with, uh, you know, with whatever kinds of investment type people, um, I think one of the biggest things, um, you know, if you look at the list, and I mean, I don't want to say, you know, leverage, you know, against some of the top billionaires because, you know, you know, and we're talking about a lot of men on that list. And I think for me, um, you know, that narrative also needs to change because, you're seeing all these, you know, top five billionaires. Where are the women on these lists? And right. I think this is also something that is very important, and this is a narrative that definitely needs to change. Mm-hmm. Right. And we're not talking about the, the, the top billionaire women on the list who have inherited their money in some no. way, shape, right. or form. <laughs> right. Right. Not trusting good- babies. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good point. For, for both of you, if you could sum up what you think – uh, you know, briefly what the main challenges are of a female entrepreneur, besides the ones that we've, we've just mentioned, you know, as far as finding the funding, is there anything else that you feel is, is a big challenge for a female entrepreneur? Kelly, you go first. You know, I think just like we were talking about, I think men taking you seriously, um, trying to kind of get, get around what the things that are needed to be done in order to talk about your business. Um, they don't think you necessarily know what you're doing and that they can kind of fool you. Um, that's what I've found. Although I also have plenty of wonderful men who I've been lucky enough to have the opportunity to know and work with who have helped me and have said to me, no, don't, don't let that person try and do that to you. Um, so that's, I'm not trying to knock all men here for sure, because, uh, there, you know, there, there are many of wonderful men who support women entrepreneurs. Absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. and, um, and, you know, but, but I just think it's, it's mainly that, that one point that I've been telling you about is the one thing that I've run into. There's all, there was also a, a point within, um, real estate, uh, where I was working on a new development project. I was chosen because I had sold out, uh, the fastest selling new development project in New York city to date to work on this other new development project. And the team who was heading up this new development project for the firm that I was working for at the time, you know, we would have these weekly meetings with the developer to talk about, you know, what needs to be done, what needs to be changed, what needs to be marketed, what way and whatnot. And I would offer up my advice. And then later, one of the guys would come to me and say, no, no, your input is not needed. You're just the face and the cheerleader for this operation. And I was like, I'm sorry. I was like, I'm sorry, but you hired me because of my skills and the fact that I'm out there on the ground pounding the pavement with buyers all day long. And I know what they're looking for. And so you should be wanting my input because I know what the buyers want. You don't, you haven't Mm -hmm. been doing this. So why would you even say something like that? You want me to be a cheerleader? Of course I'm going to be a cheerleader for this project, but not, not the way you're suggesting. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Just shocking. I mean, it's not shocking, but it's still shocking. And I, I want to reach a point that we don't ever hear anybody ever say that that happened again. Um, yeah. It just needs to stop. <laughs> um, Karen, what have you learned from the market about talent finders? Um, I mean, there's a lot that I've learned. Um, obviously, one of the things 
you know, you always have to listen to what people want um, and, and what people are looking for, um, which is, is very important. So it's not always just about your opinion. It's also about getting feedback. So, um, you know, from that perspective, but I've also realized, well, you know, I learned a lot just because, you know, when you come from, you know, South Africa, which is miles from anywhere, really, it's like, you know, Australia and, you know, living from so far from, you know, the rest of, you know, the Western world, so to speak. And it's not to say that, you know, we're not cultures or, you know, as South Africans. It's just that um, I think one of the biggest things that I've learned as well is, that, you know, you have to be able to travel and the expansion and the people I've met, um, the network I've built, um, you know, and, and also like what Billy was saying is, you know, the feedback that you get from, you know, people, um, you know, whether it's whether you're looking for an investor or getting feedback from the website. I mean, it's really been invaluable from an international perspective and understanding. And also, I think where I've been really fortunate in the last five years is, you know, I, I've, I've, you know, visited um, many different countries, uh, learned to adapt to different cultures and understand. So, you know, when you go to countries like Scandinavia, and things that's a far more conservative um, environment and, you know, they're not as trusting. Um, in in mm -hmm. some cases, even South Africa is like that. So, um, but then, you know, you go to the U.S. and then you go to Canada. So you get a flavor of, of, of the way people do things and even in terms of communication. So how you say something in emails, you know, if you're talking to someone in Australia or talking to someone in the U.S., the culture and the way and the tone. And I think that sometimes things get misunderstood because sure. it's just, you're used to working in that way. And then mm -hmm. some people may think, oh, your approach is too aggressive. So I think I think for me what's been good is that I've had to learn to adapt um, to different cultures when I'm dealing with different people, um, which has obviously helped me both in the PR and on talent finders because I now know when I deal with people, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I, I know how it works in Scandinavia. I know what the mindset is and so on. And the same in the U.S. and so on. And if I don't have a skill set, like, you know, obviously I'll communicate with Kelly and Kelly will give me advice based upon, you know, she knows the market and, and how things work in New York. Not that I don't, but obviously she's got way more experience because she's uh, been raised there and, and worked in that environment. So... I think right. it's just been a combination of all of those things, really. How did um, education and support for talent become a focus? And, and you can both answer that if you'd like. Well, Kelly can answer first. Um, you know, for talent, for, for people on my team, do you mean? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I've always wanted people who have had experience at least a little bit within real estate or are hungry in general and fast learners and analytical. But the most important things for people who join my team are their ethics and their integrity. Um, you know, in my industry, there's a stigma and, and there's a stigma for a reason. And some of the people that I've worked for, I learned so much from and I would never give those experiences up for the life of me. However, mm -hmm. I learned what not to do and that, you know, the customer relationship is way more important than any sort of instant gratification. 
um, because you can be really big for a couple of years and then you then nobody knows who you are after, ever again and you don't get as much business as you used to because all you do is you know, roll from one person to the next, one deal to right. the next. And turn it's and all burn, about right? the deal. <laughs> yeah, turn and burn. And it's really not about that. And my mm -hmm. the talent on my team needs to know that. They need to put the client first and they need to be more of an advisor and take a role as looking at the whole financial picture, kind of like a, a financial advisor would do, looking at the person's goals and needs for their life, not just for the, with regards to real estate and really creating a plan based on those things. So that for me is important in all of my team members and myself. And I try to lead in that way. Um, well, and they're going to follow your lead in that way. That's fantastic. Yes. Yeah. And if they don't, unfortunately, you know, we part ways and we always part ways amicably, but we part ways because it's just not right for my team. Right. Right. And very similar to what, what Karen's doing as well with Talent Finders. You guys are both you know, experts at finding those long-term, lifelong relationships. It's the relationship building. It's what Karen has developed in her relationships all these years with her experience that has allowed her to have the network and the database that she does. And, and I would imagine that for your business and understanding real estate the way I do, you're right. You're making, you're helping them make lifelong decisions. And, you know, you might help a client move up, move down, move out. Like they're, they're going to keep coming back to you as their home advisor and their life advisor in such a, a tremendously um, powerful transaction. Real estate transactions are one of the most important things people do in their life. And so you're really a counselor and a guide and, a, and you guide them. You're right. It's not a transaction. It, it is relationships, just like what Karen is doing with relationships. 100%. And you have to, and you have to mm -hmm. help them to navigate because sometimes I find like even in PR, it's that you know, people think they know what they're doing and, and you know, and it, it's like, it, it's fine. And obviously we listen to the clients and understand what the client wants, but we also happen to know how things work. And very often, you know, and I have worked with, um, you know, some people who just really do not understand the, the, the power of media or the, the fact that it's a building block and you have to be in it for the Absolutely. long time. You know, Absolutely. and you can't, you can't be like, oh, I want to be on the cover of Forbes. It's like, well, no one knows who you are. So I, I really, you know, it's not that I'm ever rude to people because I'm not, but it's also really just about helping people maintain and navigate through the expectations. Because Absolutely. You know, totally. until, until you get to a certain point where people start to talk about you, like Oprah doesn't need to pay to be on the cover of Forbes. You know, she earns the right to be there. So that's why I keep going back to the thing. Obviously, at some point, hopefully, as your career climbs, as you build, as all of those things happen, that you will ultimately achieve that. But, you know, absolutely. You can't, and, and this business of people paying to be on the cover of publications is ludicrous in my mind because nobody knows who they are anyway. Right. So that's, well, as, yeah. as the three of us know, it's that consistency and credibility and visibility that'll keep it moving forward and keep it growing and expanding. And you have sure. to keep working on it and in it every day, continuing yeah. to create value, create credibility, growing your visibility, and, and doing it in a consistent way that will allow you to end up on the cover of Forbes magazine and then having the right people in your network work, you know, like Karen, like talent finders to say, okay, once we're at that stage, you're ready to take us to that place. And I think it's outstanding that you understand that because a lot of people don't. Uh, yeah, what is I mean, next for talent finders? Even mm -hmm. just on that point, even if you take someone like Elon, I mean, Elon is South African, you know, born and bred South African, went to school, you know, went through a fair share of challenges, but 
I mean, you know, got on a plane, landed in Canada, called his mother and said, what do I do now? And look what he's built. You know, so now he's at the point where he can be on the cover of any publication, be on any media platform, and people will pay attention. So, yeah, right. that's just my point on, on you know, ha- having not, not, like, been known by anybody to where he is now is just mind-blowing. It's, yeah. What is next for Talent Finders, Karen? So next for Talent Finders is obviously... Uh, you know, to, to find an investor because obviously we, there's a lot of things we want to do um, in terms of uh, expansion um, and development of the site as well as building an app. Um, so that's where we're at. And obviously my, my goal and my vision, and I think Kelly knows this as well, and I think we're on the same page, too, is to really um, build the, the best, um, you know, online talent community globally. Um, and make it the go-to place, but also not just as a database, but as a resource for people, um, as a network resource, um, as an education platform um, for, for mm-hmm. people in the entertainment industry. Um, and yeah, so there's a lot of uh, big vision. Absolutely. It's a powerful combination that, you, that you've built and it's and it is impacting lives. And I think we're going to see it really take the next legs and, and, and start exploding on you. I think you're going to be busier than you want to be very soon. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Ke- Kelly, how about you? What I know we, we you know, obviously we've got the, uh, uh, a surprise that we're going to find out about in 60 days when we come back and talk yeah. about it. And you've got your powerful real estate business. And what is next for you besides that? So I think... That? Yeah, I think, um, well, what's next for me is launching my business. But as, uh, in you know, at the same time, I, I am still full time in real estate and I plan mm-hmm. to be. Um, I think right now we're focusing on the luxury market, but I've always told my team members never turn down something that's real, even if it's a small deal. And I have a, an example from, um, oh, God, it must have been 2011 now where um, I had no team. I had 11 listings for sale and I was literally going crazy <laughs> and I had buyers yeah. on top of it. And I was like pulled in all these different directions. And a very good longtime client of me called me up and said, Hey, my daughter owns an apartment, uh, you know, in this building on the Upper West Side and she needs to rent it out. Would you mind helping her? And I really didn't have time. Um, and it was like $2,600 a month, which is not that much in Manhattan. And I was like, of course I'll help her. And from that $2,600 a month listing, I've done over $50 million worth of real estate just based on who walked in that door and other deals that came from people that walked through that door and the other doors that were open for me from that deal. So I always tell people, you never know who you're going to meet. You know, you never know who you're going to meet. Um, treat everybody equally. Treat everybody like they're the, your biggest client. Um, and, Absolutely. you know, find the time as long as they're real because, they're, it's again, it's about the relationship. And, um, and really nurturing that. So, you know, it's, you, you don't just want to go for the big pieces of pie all the time. Powerful, powerful message. I, I hope everybody really keys on that. That's a huge takeaway because it is so true. You always want to show up and be prepared. You never know when you meet somebody who they're connected to, um, how, how you could be of service to them and change their life and how they may be able to have business and change your life and be of service to you. There's always that 
possibility in every new relationship. And sometimes you just show up, like you're saying, you take the deal, you do the right thing, you build those relationships for that long-term growth in your business. Kelly, you are just outstanding. I love that you said that. Um, Thank for both you. Of you as, we, as we wrap up, if you guys had a quick takeaway advice you would give to founders, to new entrepreneurs, what would it be? Karen, you first. Um, for me, um, I would say that um, if you are going to start a business, um, you really need to keep it real and you really need to um, be focused and disciplined. You have to uh, be willing to sacrifice a huge amount. I mean, it's not glamorous. You shouldn't be spending money on things that, you know, like fancy cars or whatever, because, you know, many people, even if they find investors, end up spending money on ridiculous things or you know so i think you, you really have to be um you, you really have to have a high level of resilience for rejection um and you, you have to be really persistent um and um yeah i, I just think that you, you know I, i'm not saying that there aren't happy moments but i think that um it, it's very important that you, you are willing to you know, put up with a lot of sacrifice um, for the long-term uh, rewards. So that would be yes. my advice. And the one word I heard you say earlier was adapt, be adaptable. Adaptability is huge. Oh, you have and you've clearly, it's clearly been a huge part of the model of your business and congrats on your success with that. Kelly, what advice would you give? Yeah, so just like Karen said, you do have to be a chameleon. Um, you know, in other respects, you know, you have to, it's all about the relationship. Like I've kind of pounded into everybody's head over and over again. Um, you have to nurture all of your relationships, even the people that have just bought, bought you know, the last home yeah. they'll ever buy. Like you don't leave after that. You can, you continue to take care of them in any way that you can, because they're going to be a resource for you. Um, and just maintain your ethics and, and integrity in every situation, whether it's a sexual harassment situation, whether it's a, a, a any other situation, always maintain your in integrity and your ethics. And I think you'll go very far. The other thing is you have to believe in yourself. And I know that sounds very Pollyanna, but I was lucky enough to have a father that every single night um, when I was a child spoke words of affirmation to me and said, you are mm -hmm. successful in everything that you do. You will be successful in everything that you do. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you have to you have to remember that and you have to speak those words of affirmation into your head every single day because you're going to have bad days and you can't let those get you down. Um, you have to have a business plan. You have to be strategic. You have to be methodical. And you also have to build a team around you that's supportive and also brings you to the next level. I always say I want to hire people that are smarter than me. I'm not one yes. of those people that's afraid to have people that are smarter than me working for me because you can always learn something and build something even better together. Yeah, that's Absolutely. the best part about building a team is have people that are smarter than you. I love it. And, you know, I, I can relate. I Getting to talk to both of you today, hear your stories, your passion, your talent. You guys are both inspiration, powerhouse, dynamo women that are making a difference globally. And I thank you both for taking the time to talk with me today. It was an honor to be with you and excited to hear what's ahead and come back and do this again with some updates, especially once Kelly launches. Excited to hear what that is. Karen, congrats on all your success. And the same to you, Kelly. Thank you thank so you. much. It was an honor. Thank you. Awesome.